Hello and welcome to Leaders to Go, a podcast series brought to you by Sports Business Journal, Leaders in Sport, and the Esports Observer. My name is Chris Hanna, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Esports Observer. Right now, you are listening to Conquering Geek Culture, and together with my guests, I will examine how digital entertainment and popular culture impact the sports and esports industry. Hear from the leaders who spearheaded culture and the ones driving it today, and learn what you need to know in order to not lose touch with today and tomorrow. Conquering Geek Culture, episode 12. My name is Chris Hanna. I'm the founder and CEO of the Esports Observer. And today I'm joined by the one, the only, the legend, Marisa Reich. Marisa, thanks for making time. Thank you for having me, Chris. You're doing, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're, for example, share for SheSports Switzerland and there's a couple of other things you do. Uh, so I'm going to take the super lazy way and let you introduce yourself a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, yes, you mentioned already one thing, uh, Chair of SheSports Switzerland. Um, I've been working in the sports industry for quite some while, um, almost 20 years now. Um, had a, um, several um, occupations there from being an athletes agent in track and field to uh, working for the Berlin Marathon and the World Marathon Majors on the media side, um, to uh, working with Red Bull's Wings for Life World Run, also on the media side, uh, which was more um, towards the um, yeah, nonprofit side and uh, having some purpose actually in your work. Um, and then uh, four years ago, I actually moved to Switzerland to uh, join Infront Sports and Media. Um, where I was working the last four years um, in the communications department and also looking in the past two years um, about corporate culture and uh, events. But um, leaving also the company now end of the year, um, which is nice because now I can maybe focus also more on the topic we are having today, which is uh, culture in sports and also, of course, esports. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's a great segue. You mentioned um, events and culture and in front. So that's a perfect segue into what I really want to discuss with you. And I mean, what people obviously don't know is we've been, we've been talking for a while, like on and off every now and then. Um, talked a lot about culture. And that's really, as you know, that's what I want to talk to you about. Like, I really want to talk a little bit about culture. Um, we don't have to talk about like geek culture per se, but let's talk about culture and sports and esports. Um, and I, like, I would basically start, let's start at the top. How do you look at culture? What is culture for you? Well, um, culture, I didn't look up now any definition. Yeah. That's <laughs> so fine. We're, we're, cool, not, but... we're not into definitions. <laughs> we're just into freestyling this. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, culture happens when people come together. And um, uh, culture is defined by um, biases and uh, stereotypes, uh, our soci socialization we're having, you know, our surrounding. Um, and I think uh, within sports and esports, it is uh, important to not forget that um, we maybe need to take care also of a certain culture. And, uh, and when you look at esports in particular, you know, what is maybe um, hindering to becoming an um, innovative and progressive and good culture is probably the 
topic of um, if we go directly in it, uh, cyberbullying or you know online harassment. I think which are big topics for esports, and uh, and I think which you go where you can also see that the industry already also acknowledged this that this is a problem since uh, the 1980s when it uh, started, but uh, becoming as it uh, also grew so fast, um, more and more of a problem. And uh, I mean, Twitch just recently also tried to, you know, navigate against it in uh, uh, by, yeah, saying to certain people that they maybe can't stay uh, on the platform um, after hmm. some offenses. And I think this is what um, defines also culture. How do we interact and uh, work and um, behave with each other? I mean, there's always these, um, this favorite example of this salesperson that sells really well, but is an asshole. And how, how you deal with this, right? I mean, that is kind of the case where, okay, so how you deal with your best person making all the money for the company, but behaving like an asshole. Uh, you know, you fire him, you, you don't. Mm -hmm. so I, th I think these kind of decisions define what you are and what you stand for. So that's, you know, what, what, you, what you just mentioned is like multi-layered because if we look at, of course, if we look at video games, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hiding behind a nickname, so it's easier mm -hmm. for me to probably harass people, and, and that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. But then also, and you know, I had this discussion with Nicole um, two weeks ago, once this is live, mm -hmm. um, where, we, where we also like, so she, she teased a little bit, you know, on the kind of work that they're doing with the team and, you know, how they're looking at, at things. And I find it quite interesting to see that, you know, people are aware and that people mm -hmm. start to see this as a hindering factor. And that people mm -hmm. really feel like, okay, you know, we need to be, and not just, not just that, but also we need to be, and, you know, I'm going to throw all the buzzwords in right now <laughs> and you can, you can help me sort them. We need to be more inclusive. You know, we need more mm -hmm. diversity. We need all of that. And I'll tell you, like, I don't want to bash sports, but when I look at the sports industry, it's kind of, it's kind of what I had when I released the picture uh, for my <laughs> first 10 podcast episodes, right? Just I see a lot men. of, yeah, I see a lot of men and I see a lot of like middle-aged men, mm -hmm. um, and white, I, you how, forgot. A white, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wanted, I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be nice. Um, how do you, how do you break, how do you break these structures? And, you know, I think one of the questions, um, tough one, mm -hmm. I think it's a super fine line of representing an industry and mm -hmm. that is what the industry is, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to deal with this and breaking these structures up, but not for the, so, like, not for the sole purpose of, oh, I need to hire women because I need to hire women. Right? So mm. how, how do you deal with this? Like, what's your, what's your take on all of this? Well, you're absolutely right with what you're saying. And I think the sports industry has still a long way to go. Uh, I mean, where we're coming from, um, 120 years around, um, until then, women were not allowed to do sports, for example. Yeah, I mean, we were simply not allowed to play football or to go to a track and uh, do athletics. Um, so I think it's pretty hard to, you know, change something. I mean, changing behavior is probably the toughest you can do. Um, I mean, we all have been through um, trying to change our behaviors on the 1st of January, usually every year where we try to find new things for we want to change. For two weeks. <laughs> Probably. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this is the same what you also have in, um, in, in company culture and uh, in, for example, the sports industry. I mean, 
it's been for so long that we're having um, that men ruled and still ruling um, the business of sport, the business of esports, etc. Um, but we also need to understand that the female population is uh, roughly 50%, um, and also the um, spendings and the income. I mean, we, we are equal on that side, but somehow because we were excluded for so long to, you know, we're not in those boys clubs, we're not in the inner circle often, um, of those networks, um, well, yeah, however you call them. Um, so this is quite hard and it's, it's absolutely normal that um, you have bias. For example, there's the similarity bias, you know, where you tend to like people more who are like you. So if you're in a room of uh, 10 men, I think no, no one of these men would think, oh, we need a woman because you just look, you know, at your neighbor and you think, yeah, right. that, that looks about right. Yeah, I think we, we can start the meeting now because uh, we have great expert, experts in here and a, and a wide variety of thinking or thoughts. But actually, um, this is not true, but it's just, you know, out of the evolution, it just our brain tries to narrow down decisions. And, uh, and the similarity bias helps us to not overthink and think too much about other people or, or, or um, types um, of things. So that's like what our brain learned to become you know, efficient, yep. you know, less decisions means it's more efficient with other things. So it's nothing which is, uh, which I would blame any man for that they are not thinking about women, but it is, I think also on us to create a certain awareness that we're also part of, uh, of society. And I mean, when you also look at uh, esports in particular, I mean, um, you have casual gaming, those mobile things, you have around 66% of women. So that's quite a lot, but then in professional uh, gaming and, and for PCs and consoles, it's just 35%. And uh, so you have a huge opportunity there as a sports or as esports to get more revenues also in, you know, if you're attracting more of those people. Um, so women in particular. <laughs> I mean, there, there are um, clear and, and there are also clear benefits in having, in having a more diverse group, like in, in any company. Right. And I, absolutely. so I, I'm just nodding and I agree to everything you just said. What I, what I want to ask you though, is with, I mean, yes, and we're all biased. Like I fell for the same things and you know, there's so many more biases and I guess, you know, we all kind of uh, fell for them at least once. Um, I can give you an example. Like I tried in German and we're, we're both German, right? So we speak German. I'll, I'll try to gender. Like when I speak, I'll try to like, you know, use a different form. It's super mm -hmm. hard. And I noticed, it like, is. I really noticed afterwards, like I didn't do it again. Like I did it mm -hmm. two times and then I didn't do it for like 10 times. And then I did it again. Like i my brain's completely not wired to do this and I'll try to mm -hmm. rewire my brain a bit. Um, mm -hmm. It's tough. So, yeah. but to my, to my question that I want to ask you is, is really, um, Yes, we need to break these biases and, you know, we need to, we need to break structures. How do you do this? And I, you just mentioned you're leaving in front, but how do you, what's your job like? Like when you're, when you're kind of dealing with culture in, in like, you know, a company, 
what are your day-to-day activities? Because it's nothing you can just, you, get, you can't just flip a switch, right? And then culture's mm-hmm. changed. And all the awareness yeah. trainings and these things make sense. But so what is your, what is a day in your life like, you know, dealing with culture? Well, I think, uh, I mean, you mentioned a, a very important thing and this is, um, you need to make aware of a problem and you need to work with people, you know, and I think especially, I mean, in companies, it's especially important to work with the people in decision-making roles because they're ultimately the ones who can change something, you know, an intern won't necessarily change something in a company, but it is the board, the CEO, the, um, the executive board, um, which are ultimately making decisions. You know, all the line managers who are hiring people, the um, HR responsible persons, those are the people who need to be aware of it. Um, and as you also mentioned, I mean, it has diversity, has huge advantages also for a company. You know, it, if it's profitability, which is around a quarter higher, um, if you have a more diverse executive team, you know, because you look at decisions uh, from different perspectives so instead of you know going out with something and then maybe being bashed for it because you didn't look at a certain angle if you already have the discussion before you make a decision it ultimately helps you also uh, in reputational things and issues Um, but then also innovation you know there's research out that um, your innovation efforts increase by around 20% if you have a more diverse team, because we all know usually innovation doesn't come from that one person has an idea, but usually it comes from somebody has an idea. It's maybe not the best, but you start thinking about it and looking from different angles. And that is exactly what diversity should bring. It's not about, you know, replacing men with women, because I totally agree with you. Like we need good people. We need good people in certain roles. And it shouldn't matter if they're women or men, it should be the best person for that role. Um, And I always actually have to laugh when, uh, I mean, in in companies and I think everybody, I mean, in in Germany, we are just a law coming out for board members. Um, You know, we're always talking about quotas and everybody is kind of quota, please. Yeah, no, we don't need that. Yeah, like we get, somebody tells us like, Hey, do you really want to be a quota woman? Yeah. Or do you want to be hired because you're good? And, and I totally agree. I don't want to be hired to be a quota woman, but I think you need to look or to see it from the opposite perspective. I think now there are a lot of quota men's in there because they're just men and that's why they're hired for a position or, you know, promoted to a position because they belong to an inner circle, to the boys club, to, Hey, I know you for so long and uh, I know your children and whatever. And so I give you a job. So it's also not about, well, it's, it's very, um, of course, not also stereotyping a little bit, but it's often not about expertise rather than, Hey, I know you, I trust you. That's why I put you in that position. Because often, and this is what I think are also in companies, when you, when you talk about a day in your life, um, we don't have those processes 
yet in place, which really determines like um, if you want to become a, or if somebody wants to become a board member, these are the things somebody has to fulfill. You know, like, I don't know, when you look around, I don't know if you heard about something that really somebody tells you like, hey, look, these are the qualifications or the necessities somebody needs to become a board member. And when you look then at boards, you ask sometimes the same question, why is that person a board member? And I think this is where it becomes um, also maybe a little bit troubling because suddenly we want to put procedures and processes and guidelines in place where it was in the past just easier to just say, hey, I like you or, you know, mm. I work well with you together and that's why you, you become that job. And, uh, and I think this is what actually is the, the biggest um, threat that people feel threatened, that suddenly something changes for them. But we should always look at, like, we want to get better. Right. But it's but it's changed, right? And people like okay, I'm now a super hardcore stereotyping, but many people, a lot of people are afraid of change. And I can I want to just quickly yeah. go back to the quoter, and I have to give a shout out to a really good friend of mine. Um, I'm not gonna name her; she knows. Like we had we had like horrible arguments about like quota when it comes to you know women, and mm -hmm. I'm in a position now. I changed I changed my point of view completely. I agree with what you said that, you know, I don't think that we should have quotas in place where, you know, you hire a woman because she's a woman, but I do believe that we need to have a quota in place just to initiate the change. Because mm -hmm. once you see more women in these positions, it becomes more natural and then people will hire the best person and, you know, we will kind of fight the biases. Mm -hmm. But I, I do believe that we need this just to break the, just to break the habit of not having, yeah. you know, women in these positions. Uh, yeah took my friend a while to get me to this point. Um, I'm here now. I'm really <laughs> thankful and I'll try to be really conscious of this. Mm. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, th I think quota is the wrong word. I would always look at it like a KPI. You know, yeah. like I want to advance and I mean, we all know budgeting phases, you know, where you look at uh, three or five years um, into the future of, um, of your company. So it should be a target of yours, of the, of the board to say, hey, we want to have a KPI which targets specifically getting talented women on board. Yeah. Um, and then also creating pipelines. And you just mentioned it, you need role models. You know, if you don't see it, you can't be it. Yeah. So it is for men seeing other, seeing women uh, on top and leading and guiding. And I mean, yes, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, women as men, like, we all do but usually for example women are more criticized or quicker laid off or pushed aside if there is something because we're so like you specifically see us but there are so many men and and if you would point out all the mistakes from all the men you wouldn't have any men anymore if you would do that but it's easier to just blame the minority and I, I can't tell you why that is, but I, I think I told you, and you have all you also seen this in the conversation that we had on LinkedIn, like the open mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm currently in touch with a lot of PR firms um, for women that I want to have on the show. And I can just tell you, and that's, that's just real. You, you ask a man typically, and it's like, yeah, let's go. You know, let's, let's record this. I'm going <laughs> to jump on next week. Here we go. And then yeah. it's, it's really easy. It's, or not, let's say it's easier to schedule. Like I got mm -hmm. way more, I got way more no's from mm -hmm. women 
and it takes way longer to get to get it mm. scheduled. Like you're super easy, Nicole is super easy, but I I do have a lot of conversations in the pipeline now where it seems it's almost like impossible. Like you send reminders every week, like hey, okay, you know what about this? Can we do this? Like you can send briefings, whatever. I think it's um, I don't know if that's because you are more visible once you do all these things, which you know I think there should be more, so it doesn't become mm. this unique thing. <laughs> Um, mm. Or why that is, but that's that's just my experience, and like, and I I told you as well, right? So I'm thankful for all the introductions you made as well, <laughs> like all the names you threw in, like I appreciate that. It's just like I can tell that, mm. and, and this is gaming and esports related, though, right? And it's like predominantly male anyway, but mm. it's way easier to get men on the show. Yeah, and I think well, I, I think, think that's a pity. Absolutely. And, and I mean, this is not the first time I hear that. I hear that often um, when I talk to um, conferences, for example, you know, mm -hmm. because of course, I'm also saying like, hey, everybody has also a, a certain obligation to change something, you know, it always starts with ourselves. Like, I cannot just go there and say like, you need, you need, you need, you need to change. No, I need to start like to change my surrounding, myself, my surrounding. And that's what I also try to tell like you i mean we had the conversation i tried to tell um the leaders guys um, um mm. sponsors guys whoever because i think they all have a certain obligation to also change the narrative of sports and esports and uh, but exactly this is what i often hear oh marissa you know what we try to have more women on the panels we try to do that and but often they yes it's exactly what you said either they won't commit they um they're afraid of talking, they want uh, a lot of information, they pull out um, last minute or whatever it is. So, and, but now we come actually to the thinking mode of a woman. So for me, it is not like, hey, here's the problem and that's where I leave it. But for me, it's like, hey, how do we solve that problem? Mm -hmm. So it is, and as you said, like, yes, we are more exposed once we go, um, on a panel, in a podcast or whatever, because there are not as many women as men out there, we will be exposed much easier. Then you have that problem that um, we are measured by often by other standards. Yeah, we're looked in a different way. I mean, when, when women sit on a panel, um, you know, first thing, men thing, and maybe you can just reflect it for yourself. First thing you, you look at like, what is she wearing? What's her makeup like? How does she sit there? Like, it's not about her expertise. It is about her being, her looks. And uh, I think this you have also in the online community. When you look at games, I mean, the objectification, the sexualization of avatars in video games. I mean, it's, and, and it, you know, like, I, I like also beauty. I like yeah but it's it's the over i mean yes it comes in also from the asian countries you know like these big mouths big eyes the 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 um you know you, you try to imitate actually children bodies uh and then over exaggerate female attributes that's usually the key of being successful uh with an yeah. avatar and I, I think this is this is critical yeah and it's a, it's a completely different box. Like, and I'm not sure I'm not sure if I really want to open that. But you're abs you're absolutely right. And I think that I think that would be a, a really interesting discussion for a panel, or for a, like for an actual discussion, 
because you're right. And if you look at, you can look at the same characters, right? If there's a male and a female version, kind of, right? Then it can wear the same armor. Like one is sexy, the other one is like super bulky, and you know, look mm -hmm. at all my chain mail and look at all that stuff. And then it's like, <laughs> I, I agree. I yeah. really agree. And I mean, again, coming back to that, um, why women tend to be less or want to go less um, public, it is exactly that. And, and, and and the problem is, you know, where do you start changing, you know, because in the end, it's been, again, culture, society, which we need to tackle from all kinds of sorts. So, yes, probably game developers have a certain stake in there to maybe reflect themselves how they build avatars. It is the uh, CEOs um, and boards of companies to reflect how do we judge women when we hire them or when we proceed them how do we support them and develop them um, how do we have um, uh, um, processes in place which actually help against um, harassment or bullying yeah and I mean this comes again mm -hmm. to um, to uh, platforms or, or publishers or whatever um, so yeah how do you change it I think we, we just need to start and it's probably you know little steps at a time nothing will change immediately but i think uh, awareness is is a big part also showing that that women are not a threat but that they are also have to be treated with respect and equal opportunities and equal which, which should be given right? uh, that should i mean yes. that should be a given so let's just yeah. let's just um let's just you know keep that in mind no, absolutely. And I mean, um, also when you look at uh, technologies and, and, and game development, etc., if you don't integrate women also in those processes and stages, you will just amplify the, the male stereotypes and the, um, you know, like AI, if we, for example, last time I was suddenly thinking, hey, why? Like all those um, voice um, how you call them, Siri, Alexa. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they yeah. All have, voice, voice assistants. Yeah, voice assistants. Why do they all have female names and female voices? Is it because we just are helpers? Or we, I, I don't know, like why is it not Alex? And, uh, and uh, I don't know, uh, yeah. But, but this yeah. is crazy because usually, I don't know, I haven't looked it up, but maybe it is because men were programming it and men thought about this more or had more to say i mean often you also have women in groups but then if they come up with an idea it's usually oh great that you had this idea so who's next who has the better idea or you know they are often not heard and that is also a problem you know, that, but i can uh, i can tell you and that's from my own experience now i can I, it's it's a really sensitive topic that a lot of people don't want to touch. And when, you know, when we, when you look at the esports industry and we kind of had all these people coming out on Twitter about how they like, not all the people see that's immediate, immediate fuck up again, all the women, you know, coming out on Twitter saying like, look, you know, this is how I got arrested. This is what happened to me. This, that's what happened to me. So mm -hmm. I had a lot of conversations with people and I can tell you that like, it was always kind of the same message where people said, we need to have a differentiated discussion, right? About the things that happened. Like we can't mm -hmm. throw that into one bucket. We need to talk about this, but nobody mm -hmm. wants to talk about this openly. 
because the moment the moment you start talking about it like you probably use the wrong language you use a wrong expression you say something people will immediately tell you apart and even the stuff mm -hmm. that we discussed here now like 100% i'm sure i said something that somebody will misunderstand or will get out of context or in a different and we had a lot of conversations so you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. um, but i'm pretty sure that a lot of women and men will disagree with what you said a lot of mm -hmm. women will probably be angry with what i said and you know it's good that we can have the dialogue and we need to have this conversation But mm -hmm. I think we need to stop. And it's easy for me to say, look, I'm, I'm a white male. It's easy for me to say like, oh, you know, we need to have a good discussion about this and not just hate each other. But then again, like, um, I don't know any of these problems because I did not mm -hmm. experience them. And that's, you know, that's something I'm aware of. And that's something I try to tell myself all the time that I, I don't understand most of the problems because I don't have them. Mm -hmm. Right? So I, can't, I cannot understand the challenge. But, but the first thing is always listening you know i mean i think we all can really increase our skills of active listening to actually listen to what a person is saying and i think this comes also to culture when we talk about the, the company culture or corporate culture when a woman comes to somebody with a problem also men of course but now specifically looking at women mm -hmm. then you know take her seriously and not just like oh yes you know you're i don't know you're emotional you're i mean there are so many stereotypes when it comes to you just complain you're always complain no i come to you because i have a problem because i cannot i cannot um change or i, ca I cannot do anything about it that's why i go to my be it a line manager be it the hr person be it a, a good friend because they seek for help But of course, it's easier to say that there is no problem. Um, so I think the, the skill of active listening, and I think especially in our days where we, you know, tend to do 10 things at a time, we always have our mobile phone in our hands and then, you know, talk to the person next to you and while we're reading an email. So this falls apart a little bit. Hmm. So I think when you really listen and also be open-minded that, you know, we all make mistakes and it's, it's absolutely normal. And, uh, and without do making mistakes, we wouldn't actually develop. So it's, it's a good thing, but we need to acknowledge and reflect. And I think this process needs to become also something which is not, you know, um, fact or which is not uh, criticized. But as you said, yes, probably not everybody will agree with what I say. And not everybody will agree with what you say, but there has to be a certain level of respect and willingness to still hear my thoughts and your thoughts. Because if you, because otherwise, you know, we become just ignorant. Um, and I mean, you, you said it in the beginning, those um, toxic people around us, like we don't want that. And we need to decide what kind of culture do we want to have in our um society and our yeah, surroundings, you know, with friends and families. I mean, you also don't want to have friends who are always toxic, you know, you, you yeah. accept for a certain amount of time. And then either you decide to tell that person to be different or you just turn your back on them. But it's funny, it's funny on that note how um, it's, it's a perception game, right? So if, <laughs> yeah. if I do something and, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm 
I talk to someone and I want to get my point across and I'm kind of pushy, then that's cool. You know, it's like, oh, look, you know, he's so strong, like pushy, like he gets it done. If you would do that, you're bitchy. Oh, of course. You know, <laughs> happens, I mean... happens, happens all the time. And I, I sit there and I feel like, um, nope, actually not. Actually, same yeah. thing. Um, really, really pushy. Just, you know, she knows what she wants and she gets it done. No bitchy. I mean... I mean, I hear, I mean, I've been in so many meetings where suddenly somebody started uh, screaming, you know, or shouting, I mean, or raising the voice to a level where mm -hmm. I would say, well, <laughs> hold on. Um, and then it's always, oh, he's so passionate, you know, like he just wanted to bring his idea across and, uh, or he was, he was just, yeah, a little bit angry and, uh, but hey, Tomorrow he's fine again. If I would do that as a woman, mm -hmm. you know, I would probably sit in HR and uh, have to explain myself why why I raised my voice or why I shouted. And, or and, and I've done why this. Always... I've done this before too, and I don't like it. And I mean, I'm working on myself. You know, gotta gotta work, gotta work on getting better. Yeah. Uh, done the same thing, and it's funny because it's exactly what you said. Um, people give me a pass mm -hmm. and say like, "Yeah, I can understand why you did it." You know, it's like. It's just a passion yeah. or whatever. It's like you get emotional and you, you're so involved. It's like, yeah, still, you know, there's, there's a layer of respect um, that we shouldn't cross. So I, I'm on your page. Well, and then you just had, um, or I give, give you this example also of, about looks. I mean, you know, whatever I wear, it will be commented. You know, if I wear a, I really like dresses, but... Mm -hmm. I just like it for myself. So if I would wear a dress, you know, you can be sure that somebody would say, oh, it's too long, it's too short, it's too sexy, it's too, too, I look too big in it, it's, it's not fitting, my boobs are too big for it, or whatever it is. But if I would wear um, a suit, people would say, oh, she's, uh, you know, she's yeah. too manly, she looks too manly, she looks too whatever, you know, she's not, whatever it is. And uh, and this is, I think, a problem. Like we should focus on what can person do, and not how she looks like. Because actually, I don't care. You know, if a man, I mean, sometimes I also see the underwear through the shirt. Do I say something? No, of course not. Just because you know, well, if he likes it, then it's okay. I, for me, who is wearing it. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you know, it should be. It would be an interesting thing if it was the same way the other way around right like if if women would always comment on men or men on men that could be yeah. could be interesting look we got totally carried away like i really i really love your angle i want to give you i want to give you time to uh give me a shameless plug on she sports and mm -hmm. talk to me about what she sports is about because i guess i kind of know but um what is she sports and what are you doing there well we are a non-profit association um based in uh, Switzerland, but um, working globally. So our members come from all over the world. Uh, our members are also uh, women and men, uh, because we think also it's crucial to have men in, in the conversation. And our ultimate goal is obviously to uh, level the playing field for women in, in the sports industry. And, uh, and I mean, we have so many talented uh, women out there and it's not about um, those yeah, junior positions, you know, I think we're not equally represented, but uh, definitely um, to a higher percentage um, than in senior roles. 
but this is actually what we try to do to um, bring more women into senior positions and this comes also in, in a manifold way and, uh, and I joined um, as a chair uh, five months ago so still new to that we um, set up a strategy um, what we want to try to do is and, and we touched upon it like why are so few women um, represented um, on, on panels etc so you know we try to find out um, and, and work with women you know to become more um, self-confident we try to um, yeah, create also a network we all know how important it is that um, we as women also learn to self-promote ourselves but also promote other women and i think this is also which we not which is not naturally a given because we grew up a little different when i started 20 years ago working at, as an um, athlete's agent i mean most uh agents are men and you need to fight for your right to be there you know you have to be extremely good to stay in there um and then probably something happens where you try to protect also your seat and uh, i think we have seen that and maybe a lot of us have experienced that also once a, a woman is um, on top it's usually harder to get a second or third woman on top just because yeah the, the practices and procedures are not in place so that woman often not always often also tends to become a little um egoistic when it maybe mm. comes to promoting other women and i think this is also what we need to break and there actually a quota can also help or kpi i would uh, rather call it um that you know we need to help each other and i think i think we can learn a lot from men there uh, because this is what i often see when um when um you know friends talking to each other how they actually help each other to find new jobs new roles to advance to proceed and i think in, in women didn't do that um too good and i think uh, she sports switzerland is also something or a place where we want to help with uh, creating that network and uh, and then but then also going into boards and working with boards and uh, and ceos to help them um, identifying their own issue maybe with diversity and then setting up um, yeah structures and guidelines and policies to become more diverse and and it's okay to maybe not being diverse and uh, inclusive at the moment for me really it's the point of you just need to acknowledge it to actually start it and to have that willingness to hey let's do something because we think it's the right thing to do and you help correct me if i'm wrong but you also help companies or people like you help me for example as well so you help with you help with making contact you know you're you're basically promoting women you're supporting getting women i don't know on panels and you know if i'm looking for a speaker i can reach out to you and you will help me find someone exactly exactly and i mean this is i think also yeah a very important step that we um because i know it's it, it, we come to that uh, those biases again i mean you look in your own network and when your own network is mainly men of course it's harder to see women but actually we have great women in the industry 
Now, so I think we also should work more together, men and women, to find really excellent speakers and, and people. And um, yeah, so I think this is a great way to yeah promote women to get them out there. But then also, yeah, obviously great men. I, I don't want to just talk about great women. I think it's it's when we talk about that diversity thing is also we need to get the experts there and uh, i think the biggest threat for diversity is mediocrity you know mm -hmm. mediocre men who are maybe not so good in their things but have their you know had their buddies promoting them mm -hmm. and i think that's a big challenge for men for good men but uh, especially a big challenge for for good women because that's what you have to fight and usually when you're not so good in something you tend to and when you look at sports these are usually the ones who cheat and to do they do something which is maybe not so good and then we come to that toxic culture again yeah because and if I you're think... a person then you'd surround yourself with the best you know an elite athlete would never surround themselves with um, people who in their field are not good like mm. if i'm a top athlete i want to have a top nutritionist i want to have a top um physician i want to have a top coach i want to have top everything but if i'm not so good i don't care actually and maybe <laughs> i even like try to have others surrounding me who are not as good because then i can shine yeah, so, and, and i, I think this is and i only i only wanted to add that i i mean i'm obviously fully aware that you know inclusion diversity doesn't end with women but i think it is okay that we put a spotlight on women and i think it's, uh, it's it's a good no i think it's a good it's a good topic to discuss like there was a lot a lot in there um and i know that we can do this for another five hours uh, over coffee but uh help me help me with one last thing and that's going to be my last question it's the same same for everyone so that's going to be an easy one for you i guess mm -hmm. can you can you give me a piece of advice or what has been the best advice that you've gotten and that can be for your career or for your um private life doesn't really matter but what's what's the best advice you want to share with people not just women i think yeah <laughs> i think it uh, touches what i also just mentioned a little bit i think you need to surround yourself with people who are a better than you are you know they need to be better than myself in in certain um ways they need to be different than you are yeah because I think the, the broader perspective you have on things, the better results and outcomes are. Um, I would say they need to be also positive and uh, visionary because only then you think out of the box and become better. Um, and, uh, and then for me, of course, uh, it is extremely important that uh, those persons around me have um, good values uh, so I really yeah value that and uh, I think that also makes you happier in your life when you surround yourself with people who are yeah positive have respect have are honest um, are reliable funny you know I, I think that's uh, I think that's I an advice I think uh, I really liked um, having for myself thank you so 
Is there anything? I mean, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you time to pluck any pluggables if you want to pluck something shamelessly. Like anything you do. <laughs> where can where can people follow you? Where can I read more? Anything you want to suggest? Like, if you have something, throw it in. I throw it in. Um, well, people who uh, want to connect with me can that obviously um, on, on LinkedIn. Marisa Reich. Uh, I'm there. I'm. Uh, quite active uh, I would say uh, I am on uh, Twitter also I am okay active on there <laughs> um, but it's a great resource actually to get also a diverse uh, opinion uh, for different things um, yes if you if you think uh, diversity is an important topic and you don't know um, how to tackle it or, or need help and that like reach out to me um, and also what you just mentioned like if you're looking for female uh, speakers um also reach out to us so we can maybe look and uh, see if we can help there and um, and then just i think yes they try to stay um open-minded try to be curious try to um yeah look at yourself reflect a little bit on what you're doing in your industry uh in your company and, uh, and i think together is always better and together we um, we can create a much more inclusive and good place for sports and esports and i'm so sorry that i have to say <laughs> something just to close this because that were really good closing remarks i'll leave yeah. it with this thank you very much thank you chris <laughs>